0: Good morning, everybody. Morning, morning, morning. Look around. She is full of excitement today. God bless Cece. Okay. We're all in place. Okay. So, next part in our uh, series about Holy Spirit. We're going to be talking about hearing God's voice. And um, I read, in preparation for this, I read this really good book, Um, maybe. Am I doing the wrong thing? Nope, there we go. I read this really good book by Dallas Willard called Hearing God. I highly, highly recommend it. Um, so, a lot of my teaching today is kind of coming from this book. Um, and there it's so good and a bit dense that um, I can't get it all into one week. So um, I'm not going to be well, I am preaching next week, but it 's going to be Easter sermon. Um, so later this month, I'll come back and and finish some of it again, but we'll kind of get started started with some of that today on hearing God's voice and hopefully taking um, some confusion or mysticism or um, things out of there. I know there's like a wide, a wide range of us. Some people that maybe feel like you've never heard God's voice. Um, some that feel like they hear God's voice very clearly and some maybe that feel like they hear God's voice very clearly and you really aren't hearing God's voice. So um, we'll just kind of go through that. And the biggest part of it there's a lot of things that kind of shifted and changed my thinking on hearing God's voice in reading this book. Um, I thought it was going to be a, a bit more simple when I felt the Lord wanted me to, I raised my hand and said, I'll speak on hearing God's voice in our team. And Jonathan's like, really? You you always feel like you never hear God's voice. And I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like God wants me to speak on hearing God's voice. And so as BJ was preaching, I've had all this time to prepare and, um, but I just wasn't quite sure where to go, and then the Lord brought this book um, to to mind, and it's kind of shifted my thinking some on on how we hear God's voice, the importance of it, and really what it comes down to is um, relationship with God and learning about um, how we live in God's will, because often we seek God's voice to know His will. And so we're going to kind of talk about what that means to be in God's will. So really this sermon today could probably be hearing God's voice slash knowing how to live in God's will. But let's start with, there may even be some of you that think that we don't hear God's voice today. I don't know that anybody that goes here would continue to go here if you believe that. But, um, but we, we are meant to hear God's voice. Let's read John 10 verse 1 to 5. This is Jesus speaking. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. So if you don't know, Jesus is the shepherd and we are the sheep. And if we follow Jesus, we are his sheep. And we need to know His voice, so that we recognize the voice of strangers, and we don't follow after the voice of strangers. Because there's a lot of voices in the world, and so we we want to hear God's voice. We're meant to hear God's voice, and so we're meant to be in relationship with Him. Uh, he gave us God gave us free will, and He didn't make us to be robots, and so we're freely in relationship with Him. And he's made us to be co-laborers with him and to partner with us. He wants to be friends with us. Um, He doesn't manipulate our thoughts and feelings. And um, so our primary goal is not just to uh, hear the voice of God, but to be in deep relationship, conversational relationship with him. Um, sorry, one moment. I have, like, all these notes that are out of the book, but I feel like God's kind of wanting me to go off script today. So I'm going to be kind of skimming that, and it might just be me taking some pauses every once in a while. Um, so hearing God um, in a conversational way, we often, uh, probably the two most predominant ways that we hear God is hearing him in our head, like in our thoughts and um, hearing him through other people. Um, There's other ways that God speaks to us, and we'll kind of touch on those in a little bit, but those are probably the two most predominant ways is through voices. Um, So God speaks, and he's speaking his thought through his voice, and we hear it um, often in our head, and sometimes we're wondering, is that our thoughts, is that God's um, thoughts? And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Um, but uh, Or he speaks to someone else um, to speak with us. And him working through other people versus just a, a booming voice or a sign um, is God's way of helping us mature. It's helping us work together with him. We mature more through that way. If he's speaking through another person with us, they're having to step out. It's just God's way of all around helping us mature and um, come closer to his mind. So we have the mind of Christ. Having the mind of Christ allows us to be in constant relationship with God, um, to know his mind and what he cares about. So his, his mind, his thoughts, his words with his spirit is right there in us all the time we begin to see ourselves and the world as God sees the world and ourselves to love how he loves his thoughts become our thoughts that's kind of scary and weighty but when we're listening to him and we're growing in him and we're becoming more mature The goal is that we are so one with him that his thoughts are our thoughts. And um, the more time that we spend with him, the more we'll be able to discern when it's not his thoughts. Um, Knowing God's voice comes about uh, by experience, practice, making mistakes. When I was first learning how... uh, To hear God's voice was when my kids were young. I just remember it by when the the gas prices were first going up when they were when they were younger. So probably like ten years ago or more. And um, I would, you know, I was praying a lot about wanting to hear God's voice. And I would pass the Shell station, and I would get this, you know, this sensing that like you should stop and get gas today. And I'd be like, oh, I'm already over in this other lane. Like, I'm not going to stop and, you know, get gas today and go on home. And the next day, you know, gas is up like 30 cents. I'm like, oh, I should have got gas yesterday. I had this, you know, something that I was supposed to do it. And the Lord actually kind of worked with that like several different times, you know, till I was like, finally, okay, I'm going to stop and get gas today. And sure enough, I got gas. The gas went up the next day and it, it was just that. That simple way—it's like some of those practices of, you know, failing. It was what harm did it do if I failed? Over oh, well, I just pay thirty cents more a gallon for gas or whatever. But it was just in that little way, is just one example for me. And there's been many other ways as well. Some ways that have been very big mistakes um, that uh, you know the Lord has has taught me. And if you ask Him, as you're wanting to learn and hear His voice more. Lord, show me, show me those things. Um, Yeah. So um, there are a lot of voices out there, and we do need to know that it's the Lord's voice that's talking to us. And so how do we know God's voice? Um, In the book, it quotes um, a woman named Joyce Huggett, Um, who's also quoting someone named Jean Darnell, and she says, if you believe God has told you to do something, ask him to confirm it to you three times, through his word, the Bible, through circumstances, and through other people who may know nothing of the situation. And Dallas says, this precept of three witnesses is not a law, but it's a good rule of thumb in an area where rules of thumb are badly needed. So that's not, a, that's not a rule, that's not a guide, that's not a mystic thing that we must do these, these things in order for a word to be true. But it's good guidance, because sometimes we can think that we heard God, and, um, and we didn't. And so, you know, as we pray about it, as we search his word, um, when we're wondering if it's God's voice, there's a peace that comes with God. Satan can't counterfeit God's peace. And God's, uh, what we're hearing needs to line up with the overall truth of the scriptures. It may not exactly say in the scriptures whether I should go to this college or that college, um, which we'll get to that in a, in a minute um, as far as being in God's will. But, um, but what God is saying doesn't line up with the truth of scripture. God won't tell you to do something that is sinful. So if it's something that's sinful and you're hearing that voice, it's not from God. Let's talk a bit about living in God's will. Because that's often, like when I mentioned college, you know, people want to know, what's God's will? Should I take this job? Should I go to this school? Should I move to this place? Should I buy this house? Um, you know, what? what should I do down to little things? Should I buy this grocery, this dog. Um, Sorry, I just noticed that my syrup tipped over underneath. Thank you for the syrup. I don't want it to leak out. Um, And so, um, living in God's will. So Dallas gives this really good example, which I'm just going to kind of paraphrase in my own way, about um, living in God's will. So if my children... Um, as their children, if they were playing in the backyard, um, I don't have to be dictating to them what they're doing for them to be in my will. They know that they're to be in this yard and they're out there playing and they might be swinging, they might be digging in the sand, they might be playing whatever games they want and, and that's okay and they're still in my will. And they're still in my will whether they're outside or whether they're inside, they're still in my will even though I'm not telling them everything to do. Now, if they were beating on one, each other, one another, that wouldn't be in my will. But, um, but they're back there, um, and they're, they're out there, and they're um, having fun. They're in my will. And being on God's will is kind of like that. God doesn't always dictate everything to us. We can be in his will without knowing exactly which place to go. And sometimes he does tell us which place to go and which thing to do. But in general, um, he doesn't always delight in always having to explain his will to us. He enjoys it when we understand and act upon his will. And if, like with a child... Um, if we told our children everything to do, every single moment, um, it would kind of stump their growth, and they wouldn't grow to be um, a mature person. And so, um, I'm hoping I'm getting this caught clear, clearly. Um, so when our children are young, we guide them in such a manner and to a degree that they become more independent We're still there. We're still there with our presence. But they become more independent. And they're still in our will. Um, So that they're capable of making right decisions for themselves. And God does the same. Um, God wants us to be so in relationship and one with him that we can make decisions and still be in his will. And that could feel really scary. But... He's also very forgiving and if we make a mistake. And if we're truly, maturely walking with Him and growing with Him, then we know what His will is. You know, we can read in in His Word um, that we're to love our neighbor, that we love the Lord with all our heart. We see the fruits of the Spirit. We see the gifts of the Spirit. Um, We know how God wants us to live. And um, so sometimes, a lot of the time, it doesn't matter which decision we make to go this way or that, but are we living in the will of God? Are we loving? Are we loving him? Are we loving others? Are we walking out in his fruit in whatever we do? I hope that makes sense, and we'll probably talk about that more um, another time. So it is weighty, it is serious, but that's why it's important for us to be in a mature relationship with God. So just as we're in um, relationships with others and we understand what others want, it's important that we become so close with God that we know what, we, what He wants and what His heart is um, so that we can freely collaborate with them, when we're working so closely with somebody, it's very helpful, you know, and it's a good working relationship if we don't have to ask them every second what they need to be done. But we just know and we just sense it. And I was thinking of, thinking through and just thinking of an example. Um, so when my, so when say my kids were young. I might ask them, um, I'm making tacos, and I ask them to come and help. And um, they're like, sure, I'm going to help you. And uh, I said, okay, I need you to set the table. I don't want to set the table. I want to help you. Well, that's, that's helping me. Well, that's not what I want to do. I want to cut the tomatoes. Well, you're not old enough to cut the tomatoes. I'm also doing the burger right now. What I need you to do is to set the table. All right. Well, what do you need me to set on the table? OK, I need you to get out the sour cream and the shells and the cheese and put those on the table and the plates and everything like that. OK. So they're doing what I asked them to do, but it is not really a co, very good co-laboring yet. OK, still a lot of hand-holding and dragging. But as your children get older, hopefully, Um, You know, They would come out to the kitchen. They say, I need help. We're making tacos. And they come out. What do you need me to do? I need you to set the table. Okay. They know what needs to go on the table. They go to the fridge. They get out the sour cream. They get out the cheese. They get out the shells. And they set the table. And we're co-laboring. And I say, okay. I also need you to cut the tomato. I show them how to cut the tomato. You know, we move forward. Then eventually, hopefully, you get to the place where they come out, and they see that you're cooking meat for tacos, and they automatically go to the fridge, and they just get out the stuff, and they start setting the table. And then they start cutting the tomato. And then they say, is there anything else that you need? And that is how our relationship and walking with God and being in His will needs to be as we mature. So at first, there's a lot of hand-holding and a lot of learning what he wants us to do and what his will is. But as we mature, we see what he's doing. We see, you know, as we're in the word, we see Jesus serves the poor. He lifts up the brokenhearted. He lifts up the less than. I'm going to do that. You know, I'm going to, I see what, we, we become like Jesus, where we see what the Father is doing, and then we do that. And that is the goal. Our goal as disciples is to see what the Father is doing, and then do that, just as Jesus did. And it can seem really daunting when we go down there, but when you just kind of break it down, you know, we we get to that we get to that place where we can just do that. So God does sometimes speak speak to us in a way that um, is specific. You know, he may specifically say, I need you to cut the tomato. And then do we obey? And do we, you know, do we go and do that thing? Um, And uh, so that's why it's important for us to be in a conversational relationship with the Lord, taking time to listen, talking, just as we would a friend. He wants to be a friend with us. Um, And so just that back and forth. Um, asking God daily, what are you doing and how can I participate in that and being in his will? And then we'll hear him. And we just practice that and we grow in it. and We grow in it and we grow in it. Um, let see where I want to go next. Um, so God does want to be co-laborers with us. He wants to be co-laborers with us. I want to be co-laborers with him. I want to see what he's doing. So different ways that we hear God speaking. The still small voice. That's mostly what I've been talking about this morning. The still small voice. It's the most common way. And it's probably the most common way for a mature believer to hear um, what the Lord is saying to us. He's speaking to us through our thoughts. The more, like I just talked about, the more we hear Him. The more we don't have to be worried about whether this is our thoughts or God's thoughts. Because His thoughts become our thoughts as we co-labor and we come one together. Because my thoughts are about serving and loving and everything as His are. Um, sometimes God... It does speak in a loud way. Um, But it made sense what Dallas said in the book is that um, loud ways and loud signs are often for people that aren't listening. And so the mature believer will hear the still small voice. And in the church, a lot of times emphasis is put on Hearing the voice, I heard the voice, I heard this voice, I saw an angel, I, you know, did this or that, I want to get up and share this thing. And God is just saying, just like, slow down. <laughs> listen and hear my voice, listen to me, let's discern, you are not more important because you heard the big thing. Try to hear the small things. So we also hear... Um, Oh, another thing is that um, we'll talk about prophecy another time, but um, prophecy isn't always uh, straightforward. It often needs to be interpreted, whether it comes through dreams or words or things like that. Um, But uh, the still small voice usually comes through clearly, like talking with a friend, like Moses talked to God face to face. We often hear God through the Bible. Um, the uh, Bible, which um, is God wor- God's word given to people for us, is very important. And so um, now I feel like I'm stumbling over that, um, but it is. Um, so I'm just going to kind of do a few quotes here for a moment. Um, the Bible is one of the results of God's speaking, it's the unique written word of God, it is inerrant. Um, which means without errors in its original form and it's infallible in all its forms for the purpose of guiding us into a life-saving relationship with God and his kingdom. It is infallible in this way precisely because God never leaves it alone. And so um, we can trust God's word. We go to God's word. When we think we hear God's voice, we go to his word. Does it line up with his word? The more that we're reading the Bible, the more we know what God is saying, and we the more we know what his voice sounds like. So be in your word, be memorizing scripture, and then you will know. Um, God speaks to us through other people. Um, he co-labors with people, as we talked about. He doesn't usually use people like a radio or a telephone where he's just channeling through, although he could do that if he wanted to. But since we're not robots and he's in relationship with us, he's um, he's talking to us and speaking to us. Um, he can speak to the way he speaks to you through other people. It could be right now while I'm teaching or speaking, or it could be Um, Giving someone uh, a word of prophecy, a word of knowledge, or just a word of encouragement. Uh, God sometimes will speak in an audible voice, in dreams, visions, angelic appearances. We've already kind of talked about um, some of that. Um, Opening and closing of doors. Um, Sometimes, uh, I think we, we look to the opening and closing of doors. So God can open doors and close his doors, and he does that for us. But looking just to the signs of open and closed doors as a sign that God's speaking is um, not how we should go about that. Um, In conjunction with God speaking to us and opening and closing the doors and praying about it, um, you know, we could go through. But Satan... Can open and close doors. People can open and close doors. So we want to know um, that God is is giving us that sign. Um, so we can pray for that as part of a sign. You know, when we hear a word, um, but we shouldn't just be deciding that this is God by a door that's open or closed in front of us um, by only interpreting. God's voice. By that, we start getting into superstition and things. If we're just like, "Well, this is open a door. I'm going to go through it," like um, that's part of relationship. We need to be in that relationship with God. Um. So, how can I know that God is speaking to me? So, we learn by experience and relationship. Um, a lot of times if you have repetitive thoughts and ideas, that's something to pray about and test and to step out on. If you keep feeling like, I really need to go and tell, um, tell give Deb a hug today. Like I'm just really, well, that's an easy one. I always give Deb a hug all the time. Um, I just really feel like I need to go and encourage her in something specific. And I just keep like feeling this thing and maybe it's not here it's that I need to I'm at home and I'm like I feel like I really need to just reach out and tell Deb today that I love her and encourage her and um but I'm busy and it comes back to me later you know and stuff like that kind of that's just a simple thing but just like repetitive thoughts like that it's like hey I should step out and send a message to Deb and just let her know and that might just be something encouraging that she needed that day um, if we do not hear from God, it doesn't mean that he's not speaking to us. So are you tuned in to him? Are you taking time to listen to him? I often don't hear what the person next to me is saying. So if we want to hear God in that still small voice, we just have to slow down, take time, and listen. Um, because we, we may miss his voice. We may mistake it for someone talking in another room um, or something, and, and so we just need to take time um, to listen to what God is saying. Um, God's not about tricking us or gimmicks or things like that. He wants us to be in this close personal relationship with Him. Maybe we don't expect to hear God's voice, and that's why we don't hear it. So if we take time to pray and listen, and expect to hear Him, um, we will. And I'll say over the last couple of years, Since I've been taking more time to pray, um, specifically praying, and I have a few scriptures I've been praying, and praying the Lord's Prayer and things in the morning, and just taking time to sit with Him and ask Him, what are you doing today, and how can I participate in it? Um, Going through this, I've been like, Lord, I really, I'm hearing you. (laughs) You know, I'm hearing you. Um, I'm hearing you. And so I just encourage you, just like the more you take that time and sit with him and spend time in his word, because he speaks to us through his word and he highlights things in his word as well, we'll hear him. Um, So being co-laborers, we're in business with God. We're about doing our father's work. Um, And all of this takes humility. Humility when we make mistakes. Humility when we think we heard something. Humility to take sometimes what we heard and share it with another mature believer. Um, and and maybe they're like, oh, I pray about that. I'm not sure that that's what God is saying through that dream or through that thing. And the humility to be willing to take that back to God and spend more time on it and, and praying about it. And examining yourself. Another thing to think about and kind of examine is, um, what would you do with God's word if you heard it? If God speaks to you, and he wants you to do something, he wants you to change something, are you willing to do that? And if we're not willing to do that, God might not be saying too much to you right now until you're willing to do that. You know, are, am I willing, like the the whole thing? Don't don't pray for patience because God will give it to you. Well, we want patience, so if we pray for that, are we willing to hear God tell us, like you know what? You weren't very patient right there. Or I want you, you're going into a situation where you're going to need to be patient. Let's let's. Uh, Be aware of that ahead of time. Let's take this path. Let's do this thing. Let's speak in this way. Let's, uh, you know, that's just one example. But we need to be willing to, if we want to hear God's voice, we need to be willing to do what he says. And doing what he says doesn't just mean going and talking to that person in the grocery store about God. It very often means just being willing to do what God told us inside of us. And then that all flows out. Um, further on, um, I had I had a dream the night before last. Um, so it had been well. It was actually like yesterday morning, just before I woke up. I had this dream that um, i there was there was like a storm happening, and it was affecting people, and um, I was trying to get to the person of authority that could do something about it, kind of like a king and I kept coming to the gates, it was like a kind of like a castle gate wall, and I kept trying to come and I was trying to come to it and um, the, there was like a secretary or something like they wouldn't let me, they wouldn 't let me in to get to the person that um, that could do something about this storm, so I kept disguising myself in different ways and I was trying to get in through this doors. other people were able to go in, but i couldn 't go in and um, and finally, I was able to slip in, and there was a bunch of people inside, and i couldn 't talk to the, the let 's just call him the king i couldn 't talk to the king and um, tell him. Uh, what was going on, but finally there came an opportunity where I was supposed to speak about something else, whatever they were talking about in the room, and I said, there's a storm happening outside, and the people are in trouble, and you need to help them, and the king didn't care about it. Oh, that's outside, you know, not caring about what was going on. I was like, what? And then I woke up. And I asked Jonathan, which I often do because I've been trying to share some, even some of my crazy dreams with him, what it meant. And he's like, I don't have anything, you know, revelation on that. And I hadn't prayed about it yet. And I was like, well, I don't really know. And then I sat down and I was like, Lord, what was that? Is that anything? It kind of seems like something. And I just immediately started crying. I'm going to try that cry right now. Um, because that's I think often how we think about going to the Lord, and we've got to like bang things down, and will He even care or come, you know, to those things? And what the Lord showed me was a was a child um, r- running up to her daddy, sitting in this chair in like an open sunny area, not in like a dark castle, but like in an open sunny area. Nobody else was around. And running and saying, Daddy, there's this storm over here. And he says, well, let's go do something about it. And he takes the child's hand. And they go up to the top of this hill, this grassy hill. And look down at the darkness and the storm. He shows, reach out your hand like me. And let's speak to the storm. And that's what God wants to do with us. We're like children. We come to him. And daddy, there's this this storm. He's saying, let's go take care of this together. I'm going to show you how to take care of this. Let's speak to it. Eventually, (laughs) this wasn't part of the vision, but just as I, or, well, it wasn't really a vision. It was like in my imagination that um, the Lord was kind of showing me that. Um, And as I prayed about it and just kind of thought further down the road, you know, I was thinking as we, as that child grows in relationship and learns what the Father is doing. He's still right there, guiding and teaching. But they know what to do to speak to the storm. And it's okay if they don't always have to run up and say, Daddy, I need your help with this. Daddy, I need your help. Because God's given us that authority. Jesus has all authority. He lives and he dwells in us. And he's given us that authority to be able to talk to the storm. And we we hear him. So this whole thing about hearing God's voice is about relationship and growing and maturing in him so that he can send us out. Just like Jesus sent out the 12 and then he sent out the 70. That's what God is doing with us. He's growing us so that he can send us out with all authority. And that doesn't just mean sending us out to whatever. It's just sending us out in life to love right where we're at. And um, yeah, I think i'm going to end that there today and um there's more to say about about words and authority and god's word and probably later in the month um i think i will talk about that in conjunction with healing um it seems to kind of flow well with with that so we'll kind of come back to a lot of the hearing god's voice and things and that seems like something that would be in good conjunction with healing So if um, Jonathan or whoever is doing the closing song um, would want to come up, we'll go ahead and pray. And then we'll uh, go into a final song of worship and then you'll be dismissed after that. So let's pray. Lord, we love you. And Lord, we want to be in relationship with you. We thank you that you're our friend. We thank you that you're our father, that we're family, and that you want co-labor with us. That it's how you choose to do things. And Lord, we choose to do things with you. Lord, we thank you that you value our imagination, that you value our thoughts, that we work together Please teach us. Draw us close to you. Teach us. Teach us how to hear your voice. Teach us how to to walk in your will. And to just have that close relationship with you. We thank you that you hold our hand and you teach us. We thank you that you mature us and grow us. We thank you that as scary as it is that you you send us out. And we trust you, Lord. We trust you to give us our words to say in the times that we need it. And you are faithful and you are good. And we love you and we trust you. So, Lord, I just pray a blessing over everybody here today that you would Guide them, draw them in, that you teach us all how to hear your voice so clearly, that still small voice within us. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.